yes. Welcome to another edition Conversation of the Heart, Season 3, Episode 4. It's the Money Room Part 1, y'all. With my man Joel. I see you wrapped the barber on the check-in. You up next, baby. You've had a, you've had a so far an incredible, a very incredible first uh, three episodes of conversation of the heart. Uh, three three powerful guests. We're gonna have another great guest today. Um, we're talking money, you know. So whenever we're talking money, I gotta bring my bring my guy Joel Bernardino, aka Debt Free Joel. So definitely looking forward to, you know, talking to him, you know, as we go through um, a lot of things that we're going to need to talk about today as far as navigating inflation, a lot of different things like that. I see my man is here on the check-in. Nikki, what's up? See me. Yeah. You see me? Am I, am I right? Am I good? Yeah, nah, baby. What up, baby? You good, baby? Am I am I good? I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Am I good? Am I good? Is my vocals right? Am I right? Am I yeah. good? Check, check, one, two, one, two, baby. You live, you yeah, live, right? I'm getting that hat, by the way. It's on the way. Just letting you know, I ordered it over the weekend. It's it's on the way. That yep. that that maroon color is so fire. I appreciate that, uh, bro. I, I appreciate had this before that, that, but when we would have had the same hat, it would have been we would have started fighting. <laughs> It figures that would have happened, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. how we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, but, you know, for, for people who don't know you, I don't know who doesn't know you by now. I mean, you know, uh, aka, I, I definitely tell her, you know what I'm saying? Um, I feel like you're like my, you know how CNN, they have their own, like, correspondents that come on, you know what I'm saying? I feel like you're my resident money man correspondent that I want to come on here and, and spread some knowledge, you know what I'm saying? Definitely spread some knowledge about, um, things that's going on in this world so for people who don't know um my man right here is finance coach he's one of the best in the business he's been in finance for i'm not gonna date you so you you've been in finance for a very very long time you know what i'm saying um you know what i'm saying so we'll and, and we'll certainly leave it at that brother but um yo man he's debt free you know what i'm saying he's one of ours you know what i mean so you know, so who better to talk about this this money game with than my brother, Jeffrey Joel? How you doing, brother? How you doing today, baby? I'm I'm doing good. And for the record, you're the only one that probably pulled me out to do this. By the way, like I'm pretty <laughs> sure there are a lot of people gonna be mad seeing me do a live right now because I've been curving everybody. Like you already know everything that's been <laughs> personally. So like I don't have the time as the, the way I do. Um, but you know, like I said, for you, I'm always going to make the, the, the effort. You're the reason why I started doing this nonsense. Um, I cut <laughs> you out every time I do this. So, you know, whenever, no matter how this story ends in my life, I promise you that when it's over, I'm going to say it was all Terrence's fault. So no matter <laughs> if I y'all on this live or on videos that I do, just blame Terrence. It's, it's got nothing to do with me. It, it's absolutely my fault, but that's but that's why we have you here because you're gonna bring the real and honest truth about about this money game. You know what I'm saying? So let's kind of get right into it. So you put out a lot of good content, a lot of funny content on this page. You know, especially about inflation and and various different stuff about finances. Um, to kind of get people engaged, right? In finances and in money being debt free, you know, utilizing their their money smart. You know what I'm saying? And so I enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? I always share, um, follow, and I hope everybody just taps the like button, share, and, and follow him because he has a lot of good information that he puts out. Um, so talk to me a little, a, a little bit about inflation. You know what I'm saying? Um, you talk a lot about that. I know there's a lot of talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Between gas prices, food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just about everything is going up. So you know, talk to us a, a little bit about kind of navigating your finances through this whole process of inflation. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think we need to realize is what inflation is, right? For a lot of us, we think inflation is just rising prices. What most people don't realize is inflation is not only rising prices, but it's a decrease in your purchasing power, right? Which means the dollar in your pocket is worth less. A lot of people forget that part. Um, and one of the things I think we need to realize is how did we get here, right? So in 2020, think about this for a second, right? The world was coming to an end. We didn't know what this COVID thing was about. Everybody just stayed home, which means it increased the savings rate for a lot of people. Everybody who would go on vacation, everybody who would buy different things, everybody was just home stuck, right? That's the first thing. So you had the high savings rate. The second thing was the, the federal government was putting money into the system via the unemployment checks, the stimulus checks, all those type of things. So that was adding more money to the system. Then what happened was towards the end of last year, when you started having the vaccines and things like that come out, everybody started spending money, right? So when demand goes up, prices go up. So you can't, the first thing to realize is that we as a society are a cause of this inflation. It's not just the government. It's not just Joe Biden. It's not Russia. Just only we're part of it because we sat home and we said coming into 2021 and 2022, we're going to spend money. Um, the majority of us, a lot of people went on vacations. A lot of people bought cars. A lot of people bought houses. A lot of people went and redid their wardrobe, right? So we spent all of that money and put it into the system. Now, when you think about inflation, you think about what are the ways to combat it? The first thing is, you know, are you on a budget? I know it sounds the same every time I say it, but it's the truth. How are you going to combat inflation if you don't know where your money's going, Right. A lot of people, we focus on the things we can see. So we focus on, for example, gas prices. Oh, gas prices are through the roof. Yeah, but so are your groceries. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that went up. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. if you paid for lunch, that went up. I'm pretty sure if you paid for coffee at work, that went up. I'm pretty sure things around you are starting to increase. Have you noticed that your cable company, your insurance company, your cell phone company, all these new plans that they're coming out are higher than before? It's because of inflation. They're going to pass down the cost to the consumer. So the first thing is you got to be on a budget and you got to be realistic. The second thing is to cut, you know, miscellaneous fees out. Like if you have things that you're paying for that you don't need, cut them out. Um, the third is, in my personal opinion, is that your money has to keep up with inflation. So keep investing. We'll talk about that in a few seconds. But, you know, make sure you're, you're still investing your money. At the end of the day, you got to keep up with, um, you know, all that type of increase around you, right? You have to make sure you do that. And last but not least, just stay calm and, you know, make sure that you, you use your money, make sure you're still living your life, but don't, don't be foolish with it. And, you know, please understand, in my personal opinion, that there's going to be a recession in about two years. So if you think now is bad, what do you think is going to happen in two years when, you know, layoffs and all this type of stuff start to, start to happen? So, you know, start to put the clamps on your budget, make sure you're saving and make sure you're still investing. And I'm not going to dive too far down into this road because I think I'm going to do a sequel to this whole career readiness stuff. You know, I'm going to do it with Stana. Probably yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring her outside. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And we're going to <laughs> and we're going to have this whole uh, and we're going to have a talk about career readiness, asking for raises, promotions, things like that. Right. And how do we navigate those conversations? Because it, it's all a part of. Right. You know, once you have that savings mentality or whatever the case is. Right but getting that increase that you're looking for and that you probably deserve, but you haven't asked for in like a year or two because yep. of, well, uh, well, you know, I, I'm just grateful for what I have, you know, and yep. we have those, we have that syndrome. That's going to be for another show. You know what I'm saying? But it's definitely, you know, going out and, and asking and really demanding, right. Yes. What you yeah. deserve, whether that be going out and getting a new job, asking for going in, in the manager's office. Hey, listen, I, I need that raise, bro. It's been about a year and a half, been two years. Where's my money? Yeah. Where's my bonuses? Let's start let's start a negotiating salary as a community as well. Right? Like these are things that it's all a part of, you know, yes, yeah, saving and, and that's what we need to do. But also increase kind of what you've already been been doing. Some people have been, you know, on jobs for years and haven't gotten the proper increases because they're afraid to ask. Yes. Right? Like like they're they've been on this job riding, complaining, and they haven't applied for new jobs. A lot of stuff that you know that that is can't that can assist you, right? There are people leaving, and I'm in talent acquisition for my corporate position, and I can tell you, people leave thousands of dollars on the table because they don't ask. Yeah, 
I mean, they don't even really even question it. Yep. And I'm like, wow. Like you just take what you just take what you get, and they're like, all right, thank you. I'm just glad to have it. And it's like, no, nah, man. Like we need to start being in, in position to ask to say, hey, no, this is what I'm worth. You need me. I need you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so and with more money, and with your mentality and the things that that you teach, yo, like we can start moving in a, a different way. But that's that's another story for another day. So, um. So as these prices go up, right, um, you know, budgets get tight, like you said, like the the value of your dollar is not what it was, right? Yeah. Um, so what kind of savings tips do you think that you can give people during this process, like during this time as things are rising? I mean, the first thing, you know, that I would suggest in that situation is uh, don't don't break the natural protocol of your savings that you normally have. So if you're anything like me or, or some folks, it's, if you have a regular protocol, it's the consistency in your savings that's important. You have to start somewhere. Um, so I'm going to keep saying it again. You got to get on a budget to find out how much you can save, right? I would be lying to you if I said just start saving money if I don't know what your, your finances are. So the first thing you have to do is do a budget and find out what's left over. Sometimes there's nothing left over. Sometimes you may have a little bit left over. Sometimes you have a good amount, right? Once you figure that out, then at that point, set a specified amount, right? For a lot of people, unless you're an entrepreneur, for example, your income is not variable, right? Unless you're like in sales or something like that, it's really not variable, which means you know how much you're going to get paid on the 1st and the 15th or the 15th and the 30th, right? You know what mm -hmm. you're going to get paid, which means, mm -hmm. all right, if I know what I'm going to get paid, then I also know that my bills are static, most of them, right? Maybe not your groceries, maybe not your gas, but you can, you can estimate. You can say, all right, it's about 300 for this, it's about 200 for that. And then when you do the subtraction, you know how much is left over. And then from that amount that's left over, that's the amount that you save. It's the consistency in it, right? Just because prices are rising, yeah, you get to save maybe less than you normally would, but that doesn't mean you stop saving. It doesn't mean that you stop doing that. The other thing I would recommend to people is look at where your savings is. A lot of us take what, like you said, in terms of like a salary or whatever, we take what they tell us. Well, we also take what they tell us at a bank too, right? Mm -hmm. so if your bank mm -hmm. is at Bank of America, JP Morgan, Chase, any of these bigger banks, you're, what are you getting? 0.001%, right? So mm -hmm. you're not getting any money. What I would suggest is finding a high yield savings account. I always recommend Ally because, number one, they, they allow you to have 50 basis points on your savings, which is, I don't know, four times, five times higher than the national average. Um, or what am I saying? Probably more than that. Um, but also, they have good customer service, no fees, easy to work with, and it's an online bank. And it's FDI in, uh, FDIC insured, which means you can get your money back if something happens. Um, but you want your money to somewhat, at some point, keep up with inflation. So, number one, you got to save. Number two, you got to keep up with inflation. The third part about it is you still need to invest in your 401k if you have it. You still need to put your money to work, right? Because your money has to keep up with inflation. I'll give an example. If you look at the prices in the 1960s, my mother loves bringing this up. Look at the price in the 1960s. You had a token to go on the train. Remember those? You had, <laughs> right? The paper was 10 cents, right? Remember those? And milk was this and that. And houses were 57,000 and... My mother knows the exact number of everything that was back that time because she cannot understand why 40 years later, 50 years later, everything is increased mm -hmm. exponentially, right? Right. So now, if you mm -hmm. buy the Wall Street Journal, you pay, what, 275 right? Crazy. You mean the quality of the news increased 2,000%? No. <laughs> no. Right? It's still the same ink, same pay. They don't even put it on paper anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? So... At the end of the day, if you think that prices are high now, what do you think is going to happen 30 years from now? No one likes when I say this, <laughs> right? No one likes when I say this. No one likes when I say just because the prices are high now. What do you think? They're going to start decreasing everything around you? Yesterday's price. Is not today's price. Not today's price. <laughs> it's not. So... You have to anticipate that prices for houses are going to be higher in the future. Prices for cars are going to be higher in the future. Prices for student loans and, and student education is going to be higher in the future. 
It's, it's going to be uh, more expensive to raise a kid. It's going to be more expensive to be married. And guess what? It's going to be more expensive to get divorced. It's going to be more expensive for funerals. It's going to be more exp Yo, everything's going to increase, good or bad, right or wrong. So you have to prepare for that. And what you do now in terms of saving is what gets you there. Hmm. So let's see. Fix Your Finances said that's why you need to plan for a retirement accounting for inflation. Yeah. Very, very true. Do you Definitely know that true. do you know that I personally believe, and I know I sound probably more like dire when I say this, but there will be, and I mark my words, we're gonna play this video thirty years from now. There Hope will so. be a retirement uh crisis in thirty years. There's going to be it. It's not an if. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's, that's not surprising though. That's yeah, not surprising. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. I promise you. 100%. There are so many people who are going to be unprepared for retirement. A lot of us don't realize we're going to be old. Terrence, I'm looking at you right now. I remember we was in high school, bro. Okay? Hey, that's I'm the serious. Movie, I'm looking at you dead right now. I remember when we was in high school. <laughs> if I would have With the wallabies? With the wallabies, Think about it. If I was to ask you at that time, yo, man, mm -hmm. imagine when we hit in there, damn near about to push 40. Right? Like, it wouldn't, mm -hmm. we wouldn't even be able to comprehend what that meant. I'm looking at you right now, bro. When we get to 60, what do you think is going to happen? Same thing. Like we, yeah. have, we have a retirement crisis hitting. So that's why no matter what's happening in the economy, make sure you're contributing to your 401k. Make sure you're saving your money because these prices are not going to stop increasing. It may slow down. It may dip a little bit. But over time, they're going mm. to increase. So this is a good segue into um, 401ks. Um, so you've, you know, you've, you've been on the show before and, you know, and, and you've been hollering from the mountaintop. Yeah. You could become a millionaire. You could become a millionaire through your 401k. Yes. I don't think people believe you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I know that you hear that a lot. Like, yeah, Joe, come on. Man. Mm -hmm. How can I, you know, how can I become a millionaire through my 401k? So for the people who, who are new to the show or new to who you are, please break it down of how they can become a millionaire through their 401k. So I'm a math guy, right? Yes, you are. So mm -hmm. let's just break it down. Let's say you're 35 years old with zero in your 401k, zero in your retirement, nothing, zero, nada. Mm -hmm. If you are to put $800 into your 401k, for the next 30 years, every month. And let's assume that the market did 7% every year, which is conservative compared to what it has done. Go back 100 years, the market's averaged 10% a year, which means some years is up 30, some years is down 20, but on average, 10%. I'm giving you seven, because I'm a pessimist. So 30 years, <laughs> $800 a month, 7% a mm -hmm. year, the value of your account will be close to a million dollars. I think it's $961,000 before taxes. And that's if you start mm. with nothing right now. And that's mm. also because I gave you something conservative. And that's not including what your house, is, your house is worth. That's not including what you saved. That's not including all your assets. That's how simple it is. Mm. That, that's, that is right there. That's how simple the math is. What a lot of people don't realize is that we don't think long term, right? We, when, I, when I talk to people about their finances, they're telling me about now, right? If you understand behavior, right? We talk about this all the time. When you talk mm -hmm. about behavior, you talk about people saying, Joel, I feel my pain right now. Why the hell am I worrying about retirement when I need to pay my mortgage today? And what I tell them was, well, remember when you were 18 and you were wondering what to do with your money and now you're in your 30s? Well, what do you think is going to happen 18 years from now? You're going to be doing the same thing unless you change, right? Yeah. And remember, too, it doesn't matter about the age. So someone just put up, what if I'm 42? Start contributing. Start. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, you're 42 and then you went another 28 years or, you know, what am I doing? Right? Let's say you went another 28 years of working. Okay, so you, you didn't end up with a million. You ended up with 800000 
not including your house or your cars and you're still going to be <laughs> right you're still going to have a good amount remember that's not including if people have pensions that's not including mm -hmm. whatever the hell social security is going to look like it's not going to be anything special but maybe it's something mm -hmm. um and remember it's also if you're out of debt at that time remember what your cost of living is going to be at that age hopefully your kids are grown they're not you don't have to necessarily take care of them and you can mm -hmm. live your life so a lot of people forget too what is the cost of living when you're older i watched this with my own mother i see it every day my mm. mother lives you know from like little pensions here and there it's a little social security boom 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 but she's 100% debt free and the house is paid off so her expenses is really low so you're able to do you're able to just chill out and mind your business so i think i think it's something that's important i think most people don't realize becoming a millionaire is not that hard doesn't have to really be something extreme and you can keep score of it over time. Mhm. Mm Man, that's crazy. Um and I like how you broke that down too. Um because I think when people see millionaire it's like it's like a hard goal to attain, right? Yes. Um because also the difference is we want to become well, and it's not wrong with this, but we want to be be millionaires today. Yes. Right? Um, and, and, and if you can do that, I mean, let, you know, do it, you know what I'm saying? But also for, uh, for a lot of people that may not be, that may not, that may not happen. Right. Yeah. But we always think about you. How can I become a millionaire today? And what you're saying is, listen, listen, you're not a millionaire today, but you could become one as you move and as you grow. Right. Yeah. And as you get older, so that when you are, um, older and you're retired, you can have something. To kind of just, hey, listen, man, I got a mill to stack on, and I, and I got everything else, some other assets too, right? And so, God forbid, also when you pass away and this and that and the thirds, you could afford to be buried, too. Yes. Right, and there won't be a need for GoFundMe's and all types of stuff, and you know all the things that we see now to today, right? And and for and for everybody, please go get life insurance if you don't have it. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, that's, so that's something that I like how you broke that down as far as, um, how we can be a millionaire through your 401k. So people can go try it. You know what I'm saying? Please. Um, you know what I'm saying? You, you heard it from a man who's debt free right here, please. Um, so a lot of people, you know, well, for most of us, you know, I think a lot of us are in debt. Not everybody's debt free, like, you know, like you and a lot of, you know, uh, like your mom is amazing and you debt free. Right. A lot of people have student loan debts, mortgages, um, car notes, consumer yeah. debt, personal loans, yeah, whatever it is, you name it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, man, Joe, man, that's cool, man. You know what I'm saying? But I got bills. I got credit card bills. I got mortgages. I got this. I got that. Yeah. Like I'm up, I'm up to my, to, to my head in debt mm -hmm. and i don't know if i could even afford to save because i'm trying to pay down this debt i'm trying to pay down these credit cards i'm trying to pay off these personal loans i'm, I'm trying to pay off this mortgage fast too because i don't want to pay this thing in 30 years you know all of those things right so when it comes to debt right what would be your suggestion on how to get out of debt because there seems to be a lot of like just things where it's just like, oh, I have kids. They have things that they have to get. You know, my husband, my my wife, this, that. There's always something, right? Yeah. Um, so what would be some of like your best practices on how to get out of debt, right? Because also it's they want to get out of debt fast too, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Which could happen depending on how, on what the scale is of money, whatever the case is. But yeah. you know, what would be some of your best practices on getting out of debt? I'm not being facetious when I do this. Get on a budget. Remember, I keep saying the same thing, right? You got to be on a budget for me to determine how uh -huh. you can get out, of, get out of debt. So let's assume uh -huh. you're on a budget. First things first is you have to recognize the situation that you're in. There's something you uh -huh. mentioned very critically, and people don't like when I say this. They want to get out of debt fast, as if because you're frustrated the world is just going to allow you to be debt-free tomorrow. Money works weird in this, in this country and around the world. I can go today, or tomorrow, I should say, 
and buy a car and mess up my life for the next 20 years because it's going to take 20 years to get out of that debt. It takes five hours to mess your life up. And we think it takes five hours to get out of debt because it, took, it was so easy to get into debt. We think it's so easy to get out. True. It's a trap. It's mm -hmm. a legit trap, right? So how do you get out of debt? First, you got to recognize where you are. You have to recognize where you are. If you're in debt and you don't like to be in debt, recognize where you are. Take that anger and use it. Now, how do you use it? Number one, get on the budget. Number two, if you have a spouse, and we're going to get to this. Oh, I can't wait for that conversation. Mm -hmm. If you have a spouse, you both have debt. Right? Well, mine's, well, mine is yours. What's yours is mine. So we have to put our, our debt together and figure out what we need to do. And then you start to prioritize. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, one way is the avalanche method. You line up all your debt, um, highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, right? And you just start banging out the highest interest rate. Try to get that one done. When that one's done, take the money you were taking with the highest interest rate, a little bit extra, go on to the next one and go on to the next one and go on to the next one. It builds an avalanche, right? When you see an avalanche, it gets bigger and bigger. The second one is the debt snowball method. This is the one that Dave Ramsey always recommends. They throw him under the bus all the time, but he actually made some sense with this. The debt snowball method says line up all your debt from the lowest to the highest and start with the lowest one. Pay that one off. When you pay that one off, take that payment, add it to the other one, the second highest or second lowest, and then keep going, keep going, and it builds a snowball. The reason why I like that method a little bit more is because it builds confidence. You see progress quicker. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yep. necessarily mean that you won't pay the, a, a little bit more interest. It just builds the confidence. You see progress. A lot of times when people come to me and ask me questions, they want they want something now, right? So they want to, yo, just pay off your credit card or just, you know, pay this off or pay that medical bill off. They feel confident. It's like going to the gym, right? The hardest part about going to the gym is putting on your sneakers. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not the workout. It's the sneakers, mm -hmm. right? Right? Mm -hmm. It's actually walking out the door. So mm -hmm. that would be my suggestion is, number one, you have to realize where you are. Number two, make sure you're on a budget. Make, number three, if you're in a relationship, if you're married, if you're going to marry someone, you have a fiance, whatever the case is, make sure you both are on board. I can't tell you how many times, like, when people ask me questions, I say, you know, did you consult with your fiance, unfortunately? Did you consult with your husband? Did you consult with your wife? Um, because they can help you get out of debt. Remember, your debt is theirs. Their debt is yours. Um, and it's, it's much better. I always tell people this. They're like, oh, Joel, you're debt free. Yo, you know how hard this shit was by myself? I, if I ever get married, fam, I'm going to be a lunatic. <laughs> I'm going to be a lunatic, bro. Because, like, God forbid she think like me. Are you kidding? Look, I'm going to do what I want. I don't care. I have two incomes in the house. I always got to remind people, like, you're in a relationship. You got two incomes in the house. Approach it as a couple. And things get easier. So if you have a mortgage, now for people who are single parents, yes, it's hard. Yes, I am not going to lie to you. It is hard. It is difficult. You are going to have to make some sacrifices. You may have to cut back on things that you want to enjoy right now. But I promise you, I've been on both sides of the equation. Being debt-free makes life a lot easier. I know people always think they want to be free now. If it takes five years of your life, here's, here's what my dad told me years ago when I was studying. What he said was, look, because I was thinking about going to medical school. And he said, look, what you do with the next five years is your life. But here's what's going to happen. It's going to pass you regardless. Okay. And at the time, he said, look about five years before this. What were you doing? How fast did it go? Right at the time, I was about eighteen, so it was like I, right, you know, thirteen, fourteen. I said, like, "Damn, that went fast." I'm already, you know, in going into high school. I'm going into college. Terrence, if I asked you how fast did it go from us being in high school to now, bro, the, these gray beards don't mean nothing. We look the same, as far as I'm, I'm looking at the same person, and we mm -hmm. pushing almost forty, fam. So, what do you think five years from now is going to look like? We're going to be doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, yes, it's sacrifice, but would you give up a couple of years to live a, a good life for another 15, 30? 
I mean, mm. yes, it's going to be hard, but you got to do it. And that's my opinion. A lot of people have their opinion on debt. There's good debt versus bad debt. We can argue about that all day long. Fine. You want to use good debt? Cool. But you still got to get out of credit card debt. Still got to mm. do that. You still got to get out of credit card debt. You still got to get out of student loan debt. If Joe Biden, look, my opinion is I don't think he's going to pay it off. Um, I think that he'll do something, maybe 10 grand if you want to wait, maybe. Um, but your credit card, your car payment, um, your student loans, your mortgage, all of that is bad debt. And all of that is what majority of people have. So if you want to make the argument about good debt versus bad debt, we can talk about that all day. But you still got to get out the other one. So when you say mortgage is a bad debt, what do you mean by that? Most people, in my personal opinion, I can actually do the math on this. By the time you add, um, by the time you add interest on the payment of the house, right? So you sign up for a thirty-year mortgage and you have to pay interest, right? You borrowed money from the bank. If I include the interest and I include the money for repairs. By the time people sell the house, they're selling the house for less than what they put it in, put money into. Most mm -hmm. people don't tell you that. Where you make the money, right, on a house in terms of building wealth and owning the roof above your head, is the quicker you can get out of debt, is the quicker amount, the less amount of money you put into the house, right? So what happens? You have a lot of people over the years who just kept refinancing their house over and over and over again. And they make it so easy for you to borrow money, to fix repairs and all that. If you added up all that money and compared it to the worth of your house right now, chances are you're technically in the red. No one says that because no one does the math. It's mm. like buying a car. When you buy a car and you finance a car, right? At the end of the, at the, end of the car, no, you have a depreciating asset and you put too much money into it. But... At the end of the house, most people think houses' prices always increase. Yeah, that was back in 08. <laughs> <laughs> right? Look, if you bought a house in the 70s compared to then, you had an incredible run. Right? My mm -hmm. mother's house at 57500 was worth six hundred grand at its peak in the middle of Queens Village. No repairs mm. ever done on the house. Right? So no, I get yeah. that. <laughs> right? Yeah. But... What do you think? That house is going to be worth $1.2 in 30 years? No. Probably not. Because it, inflation kicks in. The, your purchasing power kicks in. So, yes, a real estate can be a wealth-building tool. I'm never going to deny that. But the math has to make sense. Hmm. And somebody said, oh, following my, follow my journey, 01 says, what do you think about amortization schedule? Yeah, so when you amortize, that's that's what a mortgage is, right? When you amortize, mm -hmm. it's a table, um, not to go too far into statistics, but at the end of the day, mm -hmm. when you amortize for a loan, that's what a mortgage is. It's basically paying off the payment over time. When you look at a table from an amortization table, this is this is where it gets funny. Do you know in the beginning of your mortgage, you pay the interest first over the years? That's the amortization table. The way they set it up, was that you spend the first 10 to 15 years of, of your mortgage paying the bank, the interest. And then over time, it slowly works into the principal of the house. So some genius, guys, whoever set this up, female, male, whoever is a genius. Because what mm -hmm. they did was they set up the table in such a way that you pay the bank back first. And then at the end is when you start paying the principal. So you're paying just the interest on the debt for 15 years straight and then like a little bit of the principal. And then over time, it swings to more principal and less interest. That's why I said 30 years. If you think about 30-year mortgage, mm. 15 to 20 years of it is the majority is interest. It's not the principal on the house. Mm. The same thing on cars, same thing on most debts like that. They swing at most interest first and then they go into the principal. Mm. That's crazy. I'll tell you another one. I'll tell you another quick one. In some of these mortgages, um, the, these paperworks, they tell you that you can't um, – imagine this. You can't give extra payments on your mortgage after a certain time. So, like, when you first sign a mortgage, there's some people, there's some covenants and, like, mortgages or whatever that says you can't make extra payments for 12 months. Imagine that. 
Imagine you borrow money and you say, yo, I'm out of here. I'm trying to get out of debt. And they tell you, no, 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 you can't pay us extra for 12 months. After 12 months, you can start paying us extra. But for these first 12 months, we're getting our money. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's crazy. Yo, shout out to 360, one of the best barbers in New York City. I'm I man. have to shout my man out. I have to shout my man out right quick. So, so now to the meat and, and, and the potatoes. I see are you smiling? Are you smiling already? Um, I put my books inside. I love this. I love these types of combos. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so we talked about, you know, getting out of debt, you know, becoming a millionaire, four, 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 one k, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Um, but having these conversations with your partner, yeah. right now navigating these tough conversations now everybody has their ideas of how they would approach this but what people don't understand and people say well why can't you just have a conversation about it what people fail to realize about money is that it ties into your emotions and your mental health let's not let's not get it twisted yes. oh why can't he just talk about the money why can't she just talk about the money why can't she it's a lot of it is emotion and a lot of it could be shame, guilt, and everything all boiled up into one and it, and it affects your mental health. And what do people really do, a lot, especially in our community? How do we deal with mental health? Nothing. We pray about it. That's it. That's we it. don't go to therapy. We don't go to coaches. We, don't do, we do nothing, yes. right? We be quiet and we keep it in here. I don't want to talk to my I, I don't want to talk to my wife about it. I don't want to talk to my girl about it. I don't want to talk to my husband about it. I got to just chill and just deal with it internally. Yep. Right? And so people get upset when you can't have these conversations. Well, why didn't you just come to me? Well, it, it, it's less about you and more about how I feel. Yes. Right? Um so how can we begin to start having these conversations with our partners trying to push past how we feel and our mental health part of it because money is emotional. So for everybody who is listening, this is what I want you to do. I may talk a little fast, but just keep up. Here's what I want you to do. After this live is done, I want you to start scrolling down your page and on Instagram. And here's what you're going to see. You're going to scroll. You're going to see somebody talk about sex. They're going to tell you everything private about their sex life. They're going to tell you what they like, what they don't like. Something that makes them vulnerable, they're going to expose it to the world. Keep scrolling. You're going to keep scrolling. What you're going to start realizing is people are going to talk about religion, right? Remember, for us Christians, tomorrow means that is Good Friday. They're going to put their religious beliefs out there and say, this is my God. Something that's personal to them. They're going to put it in front of you. Keep scrolling. You're going to hear someone talk about politics. Ah, Trump sucks. Joe Biden sucks. You see what they're doing in Florida? They're taking away our abortion rights. They're going to make themselves vulnerable. They're going to put it out there. You know what you're not going to see? No one's going to talk about their net worth. No one's going to talk about their income. The minute you understand that is the minute you understand why you can't talk to your spouse about money. Mm. Let that sink. Mm. Think about it for a second, folks. Your significant other will talk to you about sex. They will talk to you about religion. They'll talk to you about politics, but they won't talk to you about money. It's because money is more about emotion than it is about mathematics. Money causes more anxiety than any other things I mentioned. Money is one of the top things that causes depression in this world. It's either number one or number two in terms of stress. Every year when you, when you talk about money. At the top of the lift, when they start to rank things that cause depression, things that cause stress, money is either number one or number two every year. And you wonder why you can't talk to your spouse about money? Terrence, you know how many times people hit me up about a question about money? And the first thing I tell them is, did you talk to your husband? Did you talk to your wife? Why in the hell are you talking to me before you talk to your wife about money, you both are a couple. 
and you're sitting here making financial decisions on your own. You do every nasty thing that's in that bedroom, <laughs> everything under the sun, but money makes you vulnerable. What the? Where? Where? Like this is mind-boggling to me. So, what do you do if you want to talk to your spouse about money? Well, I'm taking from a guy's perspective. I'll take it from a girl's perspective after. Number one. You want to talk to your husband about money, you want to talk to your boyfriend about money, don't do it first thing in the morning. We don't know what the hell we at. All right, don't do it first thing in the morning. Don't do it when we're hungry. Don't do it when we're watching the sports. Don't do it when I'm trying to have a drink. Please don't do it when you're trying to have a drink. Don't do it at night when he's tired. Go for a walk. Go for a walk with him and just talk slowly about money. Understand you're talking about to about money with someone who has anxiety. And as a man, you have to also understand there's a machismo about it. There's a chauvinistic aspect about money. I know a lot of my friends where their spouses make more than them. Trust me when I tell you, it hurts them. To me, it's hilarious because I'm like, she's your partner. That means you both have more money, but whatever. But if you're, if you're talking to your spouse, take your time. If someone sat there and did this to you all day long, it gets annoying. That's what it feels like when you talk about money. You're going to annoy the person. So take your time. If you are a male and you want to talk to a woman about money, same thing. Don't do it first thing in the morning, right? The girl's trying to sit there, try to get her life together in the bathroom, and you want to talk about a bill. Mm -mm, don't do that, right? Don't do it over drinks. Same thing. Don't do it when she's hungry. Don't do it when she's trying to decompress on the couch. Especially when she's hungry. Don't do it. You have, <laughs> remember, there's a, we talked about it before. Um, and one day we probably should do this live one day, like talking about the concept of love, right? Talking about mm -hmm. the concept of it and studying it for what it is. And they talk about love languages, right? They talk about love languages, right? How you have to All know your partner. Well, there's a language mm -hmm. of money. It's the same thing. You, you understand people pick up habits from their parents. This is ingrained in them for 30 something years. And here you come telling me about money. What? So mm -hmm. that's the thing. You have to understand it's very, very emotional. And for the record, I have made every single mistake that I just told you. I brought it up early in the morning. I brought it up late at night. I brought it up over drinks. I brought it up over food. I did not go on the walk. I did not be patient. I did not. <laughs> I didn't do any of this correctly. Trust me when I tell you. I did all of it wrong. So mm -hmm. I can tell you from firsthand situations, you have to have that conversation. But I'll leave you with this. If you do talk to your spouse about money and you both get on the same page about money, no one can stop you. I don't care mm. how much money I make. I don't care how debt free I am. I'm not going to compete with a double income household. Mm -mm. I'm not. Because mm. when we have a double income household where the bills can be split and your debt is my debt, and my debt is your debt, and everything we look at each other is, is from a partnership perspective, there is nothing that you both can achieve. It's a lot easier to live on a million dollars when you bring 500000 and I bring 500000 mm -hmm. Well, I think a lot of times people, like when it comes to that e emotional part of certain things, right? Because let's, and, and let's be honest, sometimes people, even when you're with your spouse, some people say, that's your debt. Right, like that's your debt. I'm not touching that. Like that's your responsibility. I'm debt. Like if you're debt free, like let's take you for instance. You be like, yo, man, look, I'm debt free, bro. Like why are you coming in here with like sixty five thousand dollars worth of student loans debt, uh, credit card debt, whatever that is, right? A lot of people feel like, yo, man, like you got to fix that before we can even, right? You know what I'm saying? That teamwork part of it is a loss. Sometimes I, I, I think right now it's like a lost art. It's like, that's your problem. And so a lot of times when, when, when you take that into a situation, there's anxiety in that to where if I say certain things about my situation, this person's going to leave or this person. So, so I'm on my own until I can just fix it on my own. Right. So like, there's not a lot of like camaraderie, like yes. you're my team. You know what I'm saying? Because in all actuality, that person's weakness, that could, that could be a place where you could help them. But where you're weak, they could help you with some things, right? So, but I feel like a, a lot of times, like, it's just very much so, like, I'm over here. 
and you're over here. And if I tell you about this, all you're going to do is this. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it a step further. Again, I did this. Mm -hmm. You talk to the person about money. You come come across as the authority on money. Last time I checked, you didn't work the twelve hour shift that I did. Who the hell are you to tell me about money? Fact. The other thing to consider, I did this as well. When you talk to someone about money, you cannot judge them. It cannot come across as judging. Okay? You have to understand when some it's very easy to fake being wealthy. It's very easy, mm -hmm. right? I could just go yeah. borrow money all day long, borrow money to get a house, borrow money to get a car, but borrow money to get jewelry and hats. And I, it's very easy for me to fake it till I make it until you start dating them. Then you start dating them, you get accustomed to a lifestyle. And then you get married and realize, holy shit, he ain't got no money. Right? And now he's exposed or she's exposed. So it's a vulnerability. And then when you start asking questions and they got to start, you know, digging themselves out of the hole and explaining to you, yeah, I got medical debt. Yeah, I got my credit scores like 480. Uh, yeah. And it, it starts getting real. I've seen couples that looked very cool when they were dating that went on the edge when they got married because they never talked about money, right? It's very easy to fake it, especially when you're dating and you're going on trips and you're going on vacation and Instagram shows y'all damn near butt-ass naked on a balcony. Like, it's very easy to fake it. It's very easy until life kicks in, right? It's, it's, it's when life kicks in that all hell breaks loose. So you have to be empathetic. And this is where I failed. I failed miserably at this. You have to be empathetic because we can become impatient. We have the answers, right? I'll take you for example, right? Someone who has, who, who, who's a coach like you and it, as it pertains to feelings and relationships and therapy, right? Someone dates you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> someone who understands money or they date someone who starts to ask questions about money you come across as judgmental you have to be that's why i said go for that's walks true. be calm that's about true. it be empathetic about it tell mm -hmm. them it's okay and tell them that you're a partner in this so if they come mm. so again if i'm if i'm sitting here with no debt and she comes in with 65 well guess what terrence i got sixty-five thousand dollars in debt which means my name that says debt free Joel is going to be debt free ish Joel until that. <laughs> right? If that's the person I'm spending the rest of my life with, it's ish until I get there. So you can't be mm -hmm. judgmental, man. You can't be judgmental. Do not come from a position of authority. It puts people on the defensive. Terrence can tell you, I can tell you, it is, it is the worst. It's a gift and a curse. Mm hmm. <laughs> Kimmy said, "It's like we we gotta go into every new relationship like like an interview." <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. It's yeah, not, the yeah, just enjoy yourself. Nah. In the beginning. Yeah, yeah, because you can't be asking me crazy questions in in, in the beginning now. Because <laughs> you can't. Nah, it's not gonna. Nah, it's not gonna work. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you because you don't even know if you like it. I don't even know if I like you like that yet. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, it's just one of those things where um, the key thing that you said is what I think a lot of people lack. Empathy. Yes. Because also everybody wants to, everybody wants this. Well, I have a goal to get a house in two years. Huh. And and now it's like, now it's like, okay, so now if you have this and this and this, it's like, well, how does that affect my goals? How does that affect what I want to do? But it's like, hey, like we, but hold on, like we have to, if you really want to spend your life with somebody, you gonna come with some stuff. Both everybody's gonna come with something. Yes. Right now, yours might not be financial problems. Correct. Yours might be yours might be mental health. Yours 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 like yours might be you don't know how to achieve or as far as far as getting a new job or getting promoted or climbing the corporate ladder. Whatever it is, whatever your thing is, you have it. Yes. And you would want somebody to be empathetic with you with certain things so i think it's it's empathy it's patience and it's also strategizing 
right? I think that's the thing, right? Like, it's also about, okay, so now that I have this issue here, now that this thing is here, right, what are we going to do? Yeah. Now what are you going to do? Because I'm waiting on you now. Because that's what happens a lot. Oh, we going to do that. I'm waiting on you. Judging. I'm waiting on you to get yourself together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's judging. Right? It's, yo, you need to hurry up because I need to do blah, 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 blah. It's the judging. It's the, it's like, it's, it mm -hmm. makes the other person feel as if they're not adequate. Right. Imagine that. You make your partner feel like they're not adequate. Like, they don't mm -hmm. get their shit together. It is the worst mm -hmm. feeling in the world, man. And that's where the it empathy is. comes in. Because it's like, Kobe needed Shaq. Kobe needed Pau Gasol. Jordan needed Pippen. I'm not going to win the championship without you. Right. Right? So it's like, mm -hmm. we got to be on the same page as it pertains to our finances and all that. Like, it's it's tough, man. Like I said, as long as I, could, I could talk about it because I made all these stupid mistakes. Right. And I think a lot of, as long as two people are on this, like, can get on the same page, I think also what the other, other problem is, is when you have two people that are just on the opposite page and one person doesn't want to get it together. That's a different conversation. Yeah. But if somebody's actually wanting to kind of get it together, right, and you're just like, well, I already have it together, right? But it's like, but what is it about you? But there's something else about you that you do not have together. And I know everybody has it all together. Yeah. Right, even if you floss it and you're debt free, whatever the case is, and you're living high and everything is great, nah, bro. But here's but but here's the thing: life can hit anybody in a New York minute. Thank you. You yeah. up here today, and you down here tomorrow, That's and then you sitting here looking at it and saying, "Man, now I understand why somebody needs empathy because now I need it." And I'm just saying, don't wait for life to hit you to now to say, "Oh, oh man, like I need to show grace." Yeah, we need to show people grace. You know what I'm saying? Especially if they want to fix things or if they want to get it right. I think that's the thing. Um, Mr. Vosby60 said, uh, when is the right time in the dating process that you should talk about money? Um, you want to go first? I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first. Um, <laughs> I'm weird. Because I might have a different I, I might like, have a different answer. I like to talk about everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. I like to talk about politics. I like to talk about religion. I like to mm -hmm. I like to talk about sex. You like to talk about things that intrigue the mind. I like to see where mm -hmm. people's mind is at when it comes to money. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't I don't mind having those conversations early. I, I'm not doing it from a position of judging though. At least I try not to. I, I but I do think that you can have those conversations again. You can have the conversations if you're not judging, right? So it's, I'll give you an example. If I'm dating somebody, if I go to a bar or if I go to dinner with somebody and you're just getting to know them and they're like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just trying to figure out my life now, trying to figure out how to be on a budget and get out this debt because this car thing, I, I owe 65 grand here and I owe 220 on the student loans. I can sit there and go, yeah, man, debt sucks. I've been there. It, it, it's horrible. It is a tough thing, but you know, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I did it. You definitely can do it. I opened the bridge for communication. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't put them in a defensive mode. But like you said, if I come across and be like, yo, this bitch is crazy. And I walk out, right? Like, I'm out of here. Like, it's, it's, it's over. Like conversation, mm -hmm. done, right? So mm -hmm. there has to be a level of empathy. There has to be a level of understanding. There has to be a level of that, you know, your shit don't stink. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, I, I I don't mind doing it early in the process because why not? So I have a little different answer, but what you said is definitely true because I like to open doors to communication too. But the one thing that I will say is because because money is tied to a lot of emotion and a lot of, um, you know, can, can, can be tied to your mental health and things like that, you may not get that early. That's a because fact. one, I don't, I, I, I don't trust you. I don't trust you yet. So my thing is when it comes to dating, and, and and I'm going to speak to women about this right now. Like when it comes to to dating, you got to see intention first. Exactly. What are their intentions, right? Because it doesn't make sense to start having these conversations if there's no intention for anything more than just whatever it is. It is right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can have surface conversations all day, but to me, 
if it's not going into a serious relationship or like a serious part where you like, I can see myself with this person, like he is showing improving, you know what I'm saying? That I am the person that he wants to be with, right? Then we don't really need to have these conversations. And and the same thing for the fellas too. Like you don't need to open up about your money, your finance, if you're not comfortable with this woman, if her intentions aren't right with you in the first place. Because a lot of people want to hear about, like, you don't know why people want to hear about you, about your money, your finances. They they might take that information and do what with it? Put it on the internet. Put it, oh, I see it every day. Yo, I went out with this guy today on, on this date, and they put the whole date in a in a Facebook group or Instagram this. Like, they put your whole business out there, like, as if to say it was such a bad thing or whatever the case is. Yeah. And it's like people people will use what you tell them against you yes. and for their own entertainment and for their own, you know, whatever it is, it is that, that they're trying to, to, to do. So what I'm saying is to me, if you're not open, if, if you're not open right now to having a, a money conversation with somebody, if it's something that, if it's a sore subject like credit and money, whatever the case is, to be honest with you, you only, you only begin those conversations when you trust the person and you know that their intentions are clear. Yeah, that's a great point. Then at, then at that point, I feel, then you can feel safe. Because then, here's the thing. If you don't have a safe space with the person, why are you talking to them about your about money Yeah, and about your credit? Because yeah. that, that's another thing. It has to feel safe. Because if yeah. I don't know you from, it's like, all right, so why am I really telling you about my credit score? Why am I telling you about how much money is in my savings account or my budgeting habits or whatever the case is? I don't know what you're going to do with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's yeah. true. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Why you're why you talking to her during those intro stages? Y'all will talk about sex. Y'all talk about politics. You may touch on a little bit of religion, where you're from, mm -hmm. but they won't talk mm -hmm. about money. And that brings it right. back to what we talked about. When mm -hmm. it gets to money, everybody... It's emotional. It's, it's, it's emotional and it, it's mental. But here's the thing. But also, a lot of people don't want to talk about trauma. They don't want to talk yeah. about a lot of different things that affect here. Sex sometimes, sex sometimes is physical. It's like, yeah, I, I can do this, I can do that. A lot of people don't tie that together. But when it comes to trauma, when it comes to triggers, when it comes to money, when it comes to mental health, it's like, no, I have to hide this part of me because they may not be able to handle this part of me. So I'm, so I'm going to keep it right here on reserve because one, I don't feel safe. Yeah, yeah. No, because totally one, agree. I've been done. I've been done wrong before. This person hurt me before. That person did this to me before. So I don't feel safe enough to start navigating these conversations because I don't know what this person is going to do. Hell, I don't know if they're going to be here too much from now. Facts. People have abandonment issues too, right? So there's a lot of different factors of the reasons why people don't want to open up to you about their most vulnerable parts. And I believe vulnerability, and, and, and I believe that vulnerability is power. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But at the same time, you have to understand when to be vulnerable and if you have that safe space to be vulnerable. And that comes with time. So I don't have a particular time frame of three, six, three, six, nine months. What I'm saying is you like whenever you say, you know what, I feel safe with this person. Mm -hmm. To me, at that moment, then you can open up to that person and start having a conversation about your finances now you can have a conversation about money yeah but when it comes to your finances yeah it's to me it's only when yeah. you feel safe and when you trust the person because it can go left real quick and then that's when it's going to be like word yeah. like okay you know <laughs> no no you're right you have to create a safe space and I, again everybody's failed in this area you have to create a safe space where you can be vulnerable and it that that is in any relationship right no matter what their mm -hmm. vulnerabilities are, you have to create a space, safe space where it can come out and you cannot judge. And that's the key. You got to be empathetic. Definitely have to be em empathetic. Um, and that's the key. And the one other thing is to really, like once you get to a point, and this is where I'll, I, I want to salute you because whenever you get to a point that you are debt free and that you are, you know, you know going towards that or you have 90% debt free, whatever the case is, Pay it forward. Tell somebody. Yeah. Tell somebody how you did it, right? Tell you know. Tell you know. Talk to people. You know what I'm saying. Don't keep the information here. You know what I'm saying. 
you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing is spreading information. And if you are in a bad situation with money, with credit, with mental health, whatever it is, please, and I'm talking to my community here, start with this. What happens in this house stays in this house. Please, I, 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 if I can get on my knees right now, I beg, I beg you guys, please, stop saying what happens in this house stays in this house because it, does, it never does. What happens is it stays in your little four walls, but then when you have kids, they go out there you go. to their home and they carry that generational dysfunction, those generational curses with them, yeah. and then they create kids, and then they go to that house, and then it's a generational boom, 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 and it's not what happens in this house, stays in this house. It it carries on from generation to generation to generation. And it, and I don't care where you live, California, New York, Vegas, Phoenix, Arizona, don't care. I don't care if you move to Germany. It is going to spread, and it's yeah. going to go from generation yeah. to generation. So stop saying what happens in this house stays in this house. Don't talk to nobody. Don't, no, man. No, open your mouth. I need help. Yes. Please, I need help. You know what I'm saying? And get the help that you need. If, if your mama's not going to give it to you, if your dad's not going to give it to you, find the necessary tools. This isn't, this isn't 1990, 1970, 1960, where we don't have tools that are readily accessed to us at this point in time. Please go out. Please get the help. Use the resources. Come to me. Come to at their free Joel. Like, there are people, and we can point you in the right directions if it's not for us, but we'd rather see you still here and rather see you healthy and whole than to be, you know, dead or in debt or whatever the case is. Mental health is real. Money problems are real. And those two things tie together. And that's why me and Joel do this together because this stuff goes hand in hand. That's you know what I'm saying? And and that and so I just want to encourage you. Didn't mean to go off on a tangent. This your, this your thing, but I I just wanted to really just kind of get this out there. You know what I'm saying? To 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 just speak. And be open and be vulnerable about what you need. And if you need help, get the necessary help that you need. Mm -hmm. Death Free Joel is, is a resource. He's an incredible resource if you're looking to get out of debt, improve your credit, whatever the case is. He's there for the community. I applaud the work that he's doing in the community. He's my finance correspondent on this show. Whenever I call, it's no hesitation because he feels that this information is needed to get out into the community. Yes. He has a passion for this. And before and, and before I get out your way, give people your pillars for finance. Because I think it's very important, and I always want people to hear this when we talk about money. Like, what are your pillars for finance? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that people have to understand is I keep saying a budget, but you have to know what to do with your money. So uh, the way I look at it is this. You look at it in three different buckets. Um, 70, it's the 70-30 rule. And I didn't make this up. It's from Jim Rohn. So 70% of your money goes to you to pay your bills, to do whatever you need to do. You have 30% left. So one third of that, 10% of your money goes towards your savings. That's where you protect yourself from emergencies. 10% of your money should go to investing, the other 10%, right? That should go to building your wealth. If you notice, I separated them, one for savings, one for investing. They do not mix. And the last but not least, right? So of the 30, I went, you know, the last one is charity. This is where I lose everyone. You must give money back to your community. You must give money mm -hmm. back to your family. You must give money back to your friends. It doesn't have to go to an organization. If you're not religious, it doesn't have to go to a church. But part of your money should always go to helping other people. That is why I'm here. That is my purpose in life. A lot of people forget that. It's not just to educate minorities. It's not just to educate black people. It's not just to educate about personal finance. It's to educate black people and minorities about personal finance so that they can be more charitable. So those are the three pillars in particular. Make sure part of your money is saving. Make sure part of your money is investing. And most importantly, make sure part of your money is helping others. Mm. And I think I'm, I think I'm going to just leave that right there. You know what I'm saying? I, I think, um, you know, we, we've kind of set out what we needed to do. We could probably go on for another hour, but I know you got things to do. You know what I mean? I appreciate your time here. Um, because it's a very important conversation, and I appreciate you always being available to do these conversations um, because they're super, uh, super important, and you always bring the heat. You always bring the brutal honesty. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know what I'm saying? I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you for all the work you're doing, man. It's changing a lot of lives, man. So definitely, man, I, I salute to you, man. 
and let's keep this thing going, brother. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And don't call me for a couple months because a lot of people going to cuss me out. <laughs> I told you, I've been curving mad people. And like, now they're going to see that I'm out here. Like, Joy, you want to do one? Nah, man, I got things to do. I got family stuff. Um, but nah, man, keep doing your thing, brother. Anytime you need me, just holler at me. Yes, sir, man. Always, support brother. Support the swag. <laughs> support the swag. That's not my gear. Yeah. That's, that's his gear. Support that. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. My <laughs> man. Hi, right, brother. Bro. Peace. Love, bro. Peace. Easy. Peace. Yo, that's a wrap. I appreciate y'all um, for tuning in to Conversations of the Heart. We got two. I got two shows coming next week, Tuesday um, and Thursday. I got my man Eric Ruiz coming through on Tuesday. And I got my man Mr. Chris Classic coming in next Thursday, April 21st, 6 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss that. Yo, thank y'all for tuning in. I hope y'all got a lot out of this. I appreciate y'all, man. Yes, your boy T. Taylor. Signing out. Peace.